give us more faithful men. <laughs> right, parents, if you'd like to um, take advantage of the nursery, you are more than welcome to. Otherwise, let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to start in the book of Deuteronomy this morning, chapter 8. Deuteronomy, chapter 8. We've been looking at the subject of stewardship, stewardship over the course of the month, that God uh, would have us all to be good stewards of that which he has entrusted to us. We've been entrusted with the gospel, we've been entrusted with time, and corresponding to that time is a measure of well-being. Now, this morning, I'd like to address the issue of substance, being good stewards of our substance. Deuteronomy, please, chapter 8. Look at verse 17 and 18. Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verses 17 and 18. It reads, And thou say in thine heart, My power... And the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Let's pray. O God, we ask for your blessing upon your word this morning. Lord God, help us to be good stewards of that which you've entrusted to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Good stewards of our substance. By substance, we are referring to our, our wealth, our riches, that which has graciously been given to us from God. And I trust you've noted there in the verses that we've just read that you and I can be guilty of having the attitude of verse 17 that my power and the might of mine hand have gotten me this wealth. But you and I need to be reminded with verse 18 where it reads, God said to his people, for thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. It is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Because God has given us the ability and the opportunity to accumulate wealth, riches, substance, we are held accountable for our stewardship of our riches. The issue, once again, is not how much I have, you have. The issue is what are we doing with what we have? What are we doing with what we have? Are we honouring our God, our Lord, with our substance. God commands us to honour him. Note there in Proverbs, please, the third chapter. 
Proverbs, the third chapter, verses 9 and 10. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. The Bible reads, Honour the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. We are to honour God with our wealth, our riches, our substance. If we give him his portion, we honour him uh, with our first fruits, the first 10%, then he promises to bless us far more than what we have given to him in the tithe of the first fruit. So God calls us to honour him. And the giving of the tithe for the Bible-believing Christian is simply a way in which uh, the child of God is saying to God, thank you for blessing me with substance. Let's consider this morning what's involved... What's involved in being a good steward of our riches? All of us have wealth. All of us have substance. Anybody that can afford to live in Sydney or be in Sydney, you are wealthy compared to the majority of the world. And God holds us accountable. And God calls us to be good stewards not a matter of how much you have. The issue is, what am I doing with what God has provided? Because as the Bible teaches us in the book of Deuteronomy, it is God that gives us the power, the opportunity to gain wealth. I'm sure Brother Feb would affirm with me, if you lived on the backside of Zambia, where the Kaufman's uh, minister, there's probably a little opportunity to accumulate much health, that, wealth. That, would that be true? So in God's providence, you are here. And, and we will be held accountable. God calls us to be good stewards of our substance. So let's consider what's involved in being a good steward of our wealth, our substance, our riches. We begin with management, biblical money management. Are we wasting what God has given to us? Or are we wisely managing what God has given to us? It begins with management. Proverbs chapter 27, please. If you read your proverb for the day, you would have read this this morning, so fits in nicely as part of our sermon this morning, Proverbs chapter 27. Note there in verse 23. In order to be a good steward of our substance, it involves you and I wisely managing what God has given to us. Now, it's important to bear in mind that within the biblical setting... A person's wealth was determined by ownership, predominantly livestock and land. That's how uh, wealth was measured 
within the biblical setting. More so than cash flow. How much you and I have in cash flow. Uh, it was more livestock and land. So it's important to bear that in mind. And we find here in Proverbs chapter 27, from verses 23 to 27, some key principles concerning uh, managing wisely our substance. Here we have wisdom. Wisdom on being a wise manager of what God has provided for us. The first point I want to stress there, note then verse number 23, it reads, Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks. The first point I want to stress on, on, on being wise with our substance, managing our substance wisely, is that we need to take control of our wealth. This saying... I don't know what has happened to all of our monies over the past month. Should not be our experience. We should know how we have spent every dollar that God has graciously given to us. Now the example here is given of a farmer that knows every individual head of cattle or sheep that belongs to him. Note the phrase once again, be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks. How, you might ask, how do I take control of my wealth? By sitting and living under a fixed budget. That's a good place to start. Where we forecast we set aside for those expenses and we live within boundaries, the boundaries of what God has provided for us financially. And here in the Proverbs, we have the example of the ant, the wise budgeter. There in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6, it reads, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise which having no guide, overseer or ruler, verse 8, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. We need to wisely budget for winter. Winter's always coming. And, um, and a wise ant will provide for those uh, winter months. During the plentiful months, the wise ant will accumulate, gather, preparing for winter to come, the principle of budgeting. So I'd like to encourage you, if you and I are to be wise uh, managers of the substance that God has given to us, then you and I need to take control of our wealth. And that begins, I believe, wholeheartedly by living under a budget and allow that budget to control your life for the glory of God 
and, um, uh, and, and, and to make sure that you remain within that uh, uh, budget. Uh, another principle I'd like for us to note here from Proverbs chapter 28 concerning uh, chapter 27, pardon me, concerning wise management of our resources, the verse 23 goes on to read, Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks, and look well to thy herds. So number one, take control of your wealth by budgeting. Good place to start. Number two, make the most of what you have. Make the most of what God has provided for you. In other words, don't be wasteful. Just like a farmer will do what is necessary and best for his livestock, we should wisely use what we have and not waste it. Make the most of what God has provided for you and I. Don't be wasteful. Look well to thy herds. The prodigal son was guilty of wasting his wealth on pleasure. Note there in the Gospel of Luke, please, chapter 15. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 11 to 14. It reads, And he said, A certain man had two sons. Verse 12, The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Don't be wasteful. Don't be wasteful with what God has provided for you. The prodigal son was guilty of wasting his wealth on pleasure, and in a time of need, he had nothing to fall back on. Don't be wasteful. Take control of what God has graciously provided for you. Don't be wasteful. Ask yourself the question, is this needful? Is this the best price for this? Whatever. Don't be wasteful. Don't be wasteful. And then if you go back to Proverbs chapter 27, we have some further wise counsel from verses 24 and 25. Proverbs chapter 27, verses 24 and 25. It reads, For riches are not forever, and doth the crown endure to every generation? The hay appeareth, the tender grass shall itself, and the herbs of the mountains are gathered. The third point I want to stress here from this passage of Scripture concerning being a wise manager of my substance, number one, take control. Number two, don't be wasteful. Thirdly, be mindful and be sobered by the fact that riches are not forever. <laughs> riches are not for forever. Money runs out eventually. Just like a king or a queen will reign for a season, and it will only be for a season. 
depending on a number of variables. Thank God for Queen Elizabeth II that reigned for 70 years. That's amazing. But it eventually came to an end, did it not? And the Bible uses the illustration of the fact that a king or a queen, that they will not reign for every generation. In other words, it's going to come to an end eventually. So just like a king or a queen will reign for a season, and just like grass withers, and that which is grown is picked and consumed, so is the nature of our substance. We have in our possession for a time, and then it is gone. And we need to be wise stewards. Once used, once spent, you won't get it back. It's gone forever. In fact, I love Proverbs chapter 23, verse 5. Please, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 5. It reads, Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves what? Wings. How true it is. They fly away as a eagle toward heaven. Our substance have wings. And we need to be mindful that eventually that which God has given to me or given me the power to earn will come to an end. It's likened to wings, the wings of an eagle no bird can fly the height of an eagle. And so likewise, once it's gone, it is gone. Are we wasting our riches like the prodigal son? He wasted his wealth, did he not? Even though he was accepted back by his father, he did not regain what he had wasted. Daddy didn't say, oh, you poor little thing. Oh, you poor little thing. You, you wasted all your inheritance. Here you go. I'll give you some of your oldest brother's inheritance. No. Once it was gone, it was gone. Even though the father accepted the son back home, it didn't restore to him that which he wasted. Yes, he was loved. Yes, he was accepted. But he didn't regain what he'd lost. And you and I need to be wise managers of that which God gives to us. The father of the prodigal did not give him a top-up so he could start all over again. And if the Lord was to physically order audit how you and I spend our substance, would we be ashamed? Would we be embarrassed? Or would we be at peace that we have wisely spent that which God has provided for us? So to be wise stewards of my substance, I need to take control. That's where it all begins. Take control. Don't be wasteful. Be mindful that I have substance now. But it's got inherited wings. It could be gone tomorrow. 
and I'll never regain it again. And the fourth principle we find here in Proverbs chapter 27, please, if you go back there. We must always keep the end in view. This is so important with what God has provided for us. We must always keep the end in view. Note then verse 26, it reads, The lambs are for thy clothing, and the goats are the price of the field. Now, accumulating wealth is not a game. Did you catch that? Not a game. We're not playing Monopoly on the board of life where we're trying to accumulate as much wealth as we can. It's not a game. Not a game involving who can be rich first or who will be the richest person. We must always keep the biblical end in view. We need to ask ourselves the question, why has God given me my substance? See, verse 26 reads, the lambs are for thy clothing. There's a means to an end, is there not? The goats are the price of thy fields. So this livestock that farmer invested in and wisely cared for, there was an end in view. It wasn't a matter of getting rich for the sake of getting rich. There was an end in view. My lambs, the wool that comes from these lambs of mine, of all my clothing, and the goats that I raise, I can sell them. See? There's an end in view. And we need to ask ourselves the question, why has God given me my wealth? We must always keep in mind the end in view. Beyond God obviously providing for our needs. And that's the essence there of verse 26. The lambs are for thy clothing and the goats are the price of the field. So that's basic. God provides so we can live. We must always keep the end in view. God providing for our basic needs... And you and I need to be asking the question, Lord, why have you blessed me with this substance? Why have you blessed me with these riches? Keep the end in view. The parable of the rich fool sums up this principle. Note there in the Gospel of Luke once again. Let's go to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke here, verses 13 to 21. Note, please. Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 21. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. So with this request, this is what our Lord, what our Lord had to say. 
And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be? which thou hast provided. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Wonderful little parable that reminds us of the fact that if you and I are to be good stewards of our substance, we must always keep the end in view. To what end? Do I have the well-being to accumulate wealth? To what end? Of course, to provide our basic needs. But beyond that, to what end? To what end? Are we just playing one big monopoly game? Comparing ourselves one with another? Seeing who can own the biggest house or the most amount of properties in the most prestige locations of Sydney? Is that really what life's all about? Who can drive the most expensive vehicle? Is that really what it's all about? Our own personal portfolio? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not for you and I that are Bible-believing Christians. We must always keep the end in view. God, you've given me the power to earn this wealth. Lord, why? Show me. The end in view. And if you go back to Proverbs chapter 27, please, look at verse 27. Note God's promise to those that wisely manage their substance. Those that take control of their wealth, number one. Those that are careful not to be wasteful. Those that understand that riches are not forever. And those that keep the end in view. Note the promise there in verse 27. Of Proverbs 27. And thou shalt have goat's milk. What does it say? Enough for thy food and for the food of thy household, and for the maintenance of thy maidens. So here's the promise, church family. 
God promises to provide abundantly for those that wisely manage their substance. God promises to provide. The Bible doesn't say how much. Oh, but pastor, if I just had a six-figure salary, all my problems will be over. I doubt it. No, you just need to honour God with the substance you have. Take control. Don't be, <laughs> don't be wasteful. Be mindful. My, my riches have wings. And always keep the end in view. And God tells us you will have enough to provide for your family. In fact, you'll have enough to not only provide for your family abundantly, you'll have enough to provide for all of your servants. I'll provide enough to meet all of your expenses if you wisely manage your substance. Wise management of our substance. That's the first main principle in being a good steward in this area. The second point I want to make, second major point I want to make this morning is the principle of contentment. Go to Proverbs chapter 30 this time, please. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 and 9. It reads, verse 8, Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty. We'd all agree there. Nobody wants to be poor. Nor, let's say it together, riches. Oh, hang on. But note the wisdom here. Look at verse 8. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lord, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be rich. My goal in life is not to be rich and it's certainly not to be poor. But Lord, provide for me. That's, that's what I'm simply asking for. Note the wisdom behind this. Look at verse 9. Lest I be full and deny thee. Lord, if I'm so wealthy that I don't need to depend upon you, I don't want that. Or lest I be poor and steal and take thy name in vain. So, Lord, I don't want to be poor and I don't want to be rich, but, Lord, please provide my needs because I don't want to ignore you as if I can live life without you and I don't want to be so poor that I develop a bad attitude and break the law. So what's the principle here? Contentment. Let's say it together. Contentment. Contentment. This is so critical in being a good steward of our substance is to choose to be content. Go to Philippians chapter 4, please. Quickly, Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, it reads, Now that I speak in respect of want... As far as my needs 
Now that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in what sort of state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to abound. I know, I, I know how to be abased. Pardon me. I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So what's the author of this book saying? He's saying, in essence, I've chosen to be content with what God has given to me. Beloved, that is good stewardship of our wealth. I am content. Lord, I'm content what you've given me the ability the opportunity to accumulate, I am content with that. That is good stewardship of our substance. And as 1 Timothy 6, 8 reads, and having food and raiment, having food and raiment, let us be there with, let's say it together, content. If you've got clothing on your back, you've got food in your belly, enough. No reference to a house, to a car, to a multi-million dollar portfolio, water views, an electric car, a boat, Water skiing. Food. Clothing. Thank God I have food. I have clothing. Beloved, that is contentment. Contentment is a choice. Jesus said, beware of covetousness. Yes, you need a car. But do you need a $100,000 car? What for? You get a brand new car for $30,000 and use that $70,000 for God's glory. Oh, Pastor, you're getting very personal. Well, we need to get a bit personal. Got to be practical, don't we? Think God will hold you accountable. Okay, fair enough. If God lets you to buy a hundred thousand dollar car, a bunch of metal that's a hundred thousand dollars, which I can't fathom. You really believe that God has has called you and led you and has given you book, chapter, and verse to spend a hundred thousand dollars on a bunch of metal? That'll get scratched and it'll need to be serviced and somebody will eventually hit it or scratch it because they're jealous of you. And you're going to be paranoid where to park it. What for? What for? God gave you $100,000 to spend on a bunch of metal. God will hold you accountable. Yes, he will. 
Be content. Be content. Manage wisely what God has given to you. There's a vast difference between a need and a want. Pray for discernment. We don't need much to really live happily. (laughs) Just go away for a month and you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed that you can actually live off a 23 kilo bag for a whole month and you were happy well what does that tell you work it out contentment beloved contentment much of what we say is a need is just plain selfishness and covetousness. Contentment. 1 Timothy chapter 6, please. Stewards of my substance. I'm not here criticizing you how you spend or how you don't spend. You and I will stand before God. I mentioned that wise management of our substance means that I always maintain the end in view. Lord, why have you blessed me? I believe the answer is right here in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 19 to 20, it reads... 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 to 19, pardon me. 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good and they be rich in Good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come and they, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Number one, wise management of our substance. Number two, Choose to be content with what you have. And thirdly, see your riches, your wealth, your substance as a means of ministering to others. Now note then verse 17, we are told, charge them that are rich in this world. Don't be high-minded, don't be proud, don't trust in your wealth. Continue to trust God. That's wise counsel. But also note then verse 17, it reads, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So if God has blessed you materially, don't begrudge that, be thankful for that. 
He's the giver of every good and perfect gift. He's the giver. Enjoy, be thankful for what you have. You have a comfortable home. You have a comfortable vehicle. You have comfortable clothing. Thank you, Lord, for providing. But then verse 18 is the convicting part. That they do good. This wealth that I have is for the benefit of others. What good? Outward benefits. That because God has blessed me materially, then I can share it with others. I can give to missions. I can help those that are proclaiming the gospel in the regions beyond. I can meet specific needs of others. In 1 John 3.17 it reads, Whoso has this world's goods and seeth his brother in need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? And note then verse 18, it reads, ready to what? Distribute. The principle of generosity. I generously share what God has given me. And then the end of verse 18, 18 it reads, willing to what? Communicate. A willingness. So the idea of generosity... The idea of willingness, looking for opportunities to be a blessing to somebody. You know it's a proven scientific fact, and you know I'm into science, provable science, that those that have most are the stingiest. You know it's true. They claim they give so much, but compared to what they have, that's very minimal. Almost embarrassing. Lord, you've blessed me. You've met my needs. What's next? What's next? Who can I share with that which you've blessed me with? And in doing so, verse 19 tells us that we, la we are laying up treasure in heaven. Generously sharing our possessions with others, being rich in good works, demonstrating our faith by the way we live, Thereby we are laying up treasure in heaven. Because we're acknowledging, Lord, you've blessed me. You've blessed me with an end in view. I'm going to honour you. I'm content with what I have. But Lord, I'm looking for opportunities to be a blessing to others. To make a meal for somebody. 
to buy all the ingredients and make a meal for somebody. What about take somebody out for a cup of coffee? What about take somebody out for a meal? What about use your vehicle to bring them, bring a person to church? What about have, have people in your home? And use your electricity to encourage them. Richie, good work. See, God will hold us accountable for what we have. And we are to be good stewards of our substance, our wealth, our riches. And this involves being a wise manager of what I have, Proverbs 27. Number two, being content. Have a contented spirit. And number three, seeing that my substance has been given to me graciously from God and this gives me an opportunity to minister to others, to help others. I'm not saying necessarily you give everything away. If God leads you to give everything away, God bless you. That's what C.T. Studd did. A wonderful missionary. God called him to China. And he also went to Africa. He was getting very frail and old. One of his daughters came to visit him. And he confessed to his daughter, My dear, I've given away everything that I have. I've got nothing to give you. She rejoiced in that fact that she had a father that sacrificially gave away his life, everything he had for God's work. Now, I'm not saying that's what you need to do, but the issue is all that we have comes from who? God. Let's keep God in the equation. Amen? Let's be good stewards of our substance. Let's bow for prayer.